The Renewal Singers and I, Ed Peters, welcome you to What's New. We continue today in Matthew chapter 10, moving on to verses 24 through 31. We come now to the third and final section in this chapter. The instructions that Jesus gives to his apostles in this section are great principles, which you and I can certainly apply to ourselves, although the direct interpretation is to the twelve apostles. Here now are verses 24 through 31 of Matthew chapter 10, and they read as follows. A student is not greater than his teacher. A servant is not above his master. The student shares his teacher's fate. The servant shares his master's. And since I, the master of this household, have been called Satan, how much more will you? But don't be afraid of those who threaten you, for... The time will come when the truth will be revealed. Their secret plots will become public information. What I tell you now in the gloom, shout abroad when daybreak comes. What I whisper in your ears, proclaim from the housetops. Don't be afraid of those who can kill only your bodies, but can't touch your souls. Fear only God, who can destroy both soul and body in hell. Not one sparrow, and what is their cost, two for a penny, can fall to the ground without your father knowing it, and the very hairs of your head are all numbered. So don't be worried. You are more valuable to him than many sparrows. From glory to glory he's changing me, changing me, changing me. His likeness and image to perfect in me The love of God shown to the world For He's changing, changing me From earthly things into heavenly His likeness and image to perfect in me the love of God shown to the world, for He's changing, changing me from earthly things into heavenly, His likeness and image to perfect in me. The love of God shown to the In these verses, Christ gives his apostles three reasons for not becoming discouraged in their mission. First, one day everything will be made known, for the truth will come out. Second, do not fear your adversary, for he cannot harm your soul. Then third, each person is valuable in the sight of God. Now, here with our study is Pastor Henry Harder. Put yourself in the sandals of Jesus' twelve disciples. Jesus has called them to be his ambassadors. They would represent him. An ambassador represents the king. What would life be like as an ambassador of Jesus? 
That's what I've spoken about for a number of What's New programs. Well, Jesus called a spade a spade. He says it like it is. He told them exactly how it would be. He pulled no punches. This leader was honest with his men. They would go from village to village and town to town as sheep among a pack of wolves. Not a very pleasant prospect. They would be arrested and flogged. They would be betrayed by their families, by those closest to them. What do you think was going through the minds of these twelve men? We can only imagine. Jesus continues his description of their future as his ambassadors. Today I'll focus on Matthew 10, 24-25. Jesus says, A student is not above his teacher, nor a servant above his master. It is enough for the student to be like his teacher and the servant like his master. If the head of the house has been called Beelzebub, how much more the members of his household? I want to focus on three points Jesus makes in these words. First, his apostles, as all of his disciples and followers, are identified with him, their Lord. Paul clarified it when he spoke often about being in Christ. All believers in Christ are one in him. All are members of his one body. Second, he is the master and teacher. He considers that his ambassadors will go in his place, not only to continue his work, but to bear his reproach. That's a part of identification. Jesus said, if they call me Beelzebub, how much more you? That word Beelzebub has an interesting history and usage, which I won't go into here except to say, depending how it is spelt, it means Lord of the Flies or Prince of Baal. In any case, it was used to refer to Satan as the prince of the demons. Jesus is being willfully confused or compared to Satan. Each were heads of a household. If the Messiah is rejected as Satan, then it would be expected that his ambassadors would suffer at the hands of the religious establishment. Of necessity, Christians, followers of our Lord, are called to share his agony. If they misunderstood Jesus, how much more would his own be misunderstood? Jesus said, what happens to me will happen to you. One day we will share in his glory. But we do not deserve to share in his glory if we refuse to share in his agony. I consider it a tremendous privilege to share in the work of Christ. And of course, it will be beyond description to share in his glory. But to share in his agony is another matter. The human flesh and spirit cringe at that thought. But that's the way it has to be. That's what Jesus impresses upon the disciples here with these words. Christians who take Christ seriously will be misunderstood and misinterpreted and misrepresented, especially so if they are considered devils or followers of a devil. Discipleship has its costs, but the final fulfillment will be worth it all. Now, Jesus knew 
the disciples having heard what he had just said, that there must be a certain amount of fear in their hearts. The life at the hands of persecutors which Jesus just described to them was not a pleasant prospect. So Jesus said in chapter 10, 26 to 31, Do not be afraid of them. There is nothing concealed that will not be disclosed or hidden that will not be made known. What I tell you in the dark, speak in the daylight. What is whispered in your ear, proclaim on the housetops. Do not be afraid of those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Rather, be afraid of the one who can destroy both body and soul in hell. Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? Yet not one of them will fall to the ground apart from the will of your Father. And even the very hairs of your head are all numbered. So don't be afraid. You are worth more than many sparrows. How were the disciples to handle fear of persecution and fear of the persecutors? Jesus gave three reasons why followers need not fear. Each reason is preceded by the words, don't be afraid. First, the truth will one day be known and its bearers vindicated. Second, don't fear the one who can kill only the material physical body but can't touch your immaterial soul. Satan and his ambassadors can affect the physical body but cannot affect the soul. The soul of every believer is safe in the hands of the Lord because only he is able to send both body and soul to hell. Jesus is clear. There is a future of punishment for the one who doesn't possess the life of Christ, which includes the physical body as well as the soul. There will be a physical resurrection, not only for believers, but for unbelievers as well. This means that there is a non-finality to death. The death of the body doesn't end that body's existence. The resurrected body continues on in eternity, either in heaven or in hell. When God created humans, he created them for eternity, not just for time. There is a third reason why his own need not fear the persecutors, and that is that humans are worth more than sparrows. That is, if God knows the sparrows fall, how much more the humans? He numbers even the hairs on your head. He doesn't count them. He numbers them. That includes label and identity. That's the extent to which God's care goes. Even to each hair on your head, they're labeled, they're identified. God attaches value to every part of humans. Such providence of God should take at least some of the fear out of sharing the sufferings of Christ at the hands of persecutors. God cares for his own, and that's a promise. There is no problem too big, God cannot solve it. There is no mountain too tall, He cannot move it. There is no storm too dark, 
Radio production of Creative Encounters. Our mailing address is Post Office Box 848, Chapter California, 93263, USA.